What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This over here is my co-host, Jordan Harris. And we are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting back with your friends, talking sports, life, and everything in between. Jordan, how you doing this Sunday? Doing great, man. We finally got 2020 behind us. Hopefully, uh, 2021 brings a lot more than murder hornets and uh, COVID, but yeah. <laughs> and some good football. Yeah. Happy New Year to everybody listening. Hope you brought in the New Year. Hope you had safe, fun time. Hope you watched some really good football games. There were actually some very entertaining football games on this week, and uh, and we literally have to dive right in. So much to unpack here. I'm going to start you off with the old Bash Brothers Bowl Weekend Review. Then we got to take you for a look around the league, kind of talk about the landscape of college yep, football, yep. some big hiring, some firings. It's a little bit in between. Then we got to hit you with some dog talk. Last dog game of the season, we got to talk about that. I mean, my favorite segment as it is. So. And then we got to break down a championship game that we're that, that is coming up fairly soon. That was soon. very unexpected, if we're it being was, honest. It was, especially for us. All right, so let's start here. We're going to break down these bowl games, not in necessarily a particular order, but, man, it's a lot to unpack. So let's start here. <clears throat> one of the two sore spots for the SEC. SEC actually had a really good bowl season. We did, we did. Not as good as the Big 12. Big 12 balled out. Yeah. Undefeated in bowl season. Hats off to the Big 12. Well done there. So let's start here. Northwestern and Auburn. We both pick Auburn. So we're kind of going to, we'll go through the pitch kind of as we break down each game. Yeah, yeah. you want to hear, hear a secret? Yeah. We were both incorrect. We were both very incorrect <laughs> here. Um, well, we, we, talk, we talked on the podcast. We were like, what, what, fingerprint how much of Brian Harson's DNA will be on this team. Well, I can give you an answer now. Absolutely None. zero. <laughs> Homie was up in the press box watching talking to uh the announcers over the um the, you know over like an interview system here. Oh man, Kevin Steele was taking the reins. He sure this was. One. He sure was. Um honestly, you saw what you saw from Auburn under Gus, you know, an yep. offense that struggled to get going. Um Tank Bigsby was out. Seth Williams was out, I believe. That's probably your two best players. Yep. Bo Nix, inconsistent as always. I mean, when Bo Nix leads your team in rushing, you know you're in for a bad day. In all honesty, you got to figure here for Bo Nix, you're playing for your job next season. And if you want my personal opinion, this is my personal opinion, nobody else's, but you, hot take. you did not keep your job for next season. I think Harson's going to come in here and probably revamp a lot of things. Bo Nix, honestly, you know, Auburn fans have been asking for him to be gone for a while now, especially this season. They're just not happy with his performance, a lot like Gus. And I, I, mean, I think Harson's probably going to listen to that criticism and after watching this game. I don't think Bo Nix will be the starting really? quarterback. I don't think he will. Well, I mean, I, I can't I can't make that statement because I don't know who follows him, who they're getting in their next recruiting class. I'm not sure about all that. But on the other side, you saw a Pat Fitzgerald team who was hungry, who just absolutely has a dominant defense, and they ultimately go out and they get the win. They yeah. look good. This game took a little bit of backseat. There was a there was a Georgia game on while this one was yeah. on. We had it on that. We had we have two TVs in the main room, so we had a kind of had it kind of on the side television. But ultimately, hats off to Pat Fitzgerald. He yeah. takes his team to seven and two. Northwestern finishes seven and two. Auburn finishes the year at six and five. I would say a down year for them. Yeah. And uh, and we'll see how things turn around for Auburn or hopefully turn around. When Brian Harson takes the, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like a range. lot of teams this season too, the West is going to have some talent dip in a the lot of West, places. The so. West will, I won't say, be wide open. It'll still, no. to me, it'll still be like the ACC, where Alabama, Clemson is the Alabama. Alabama right. will still sit on the throne, but it'll be interesting to but see. Harson, his first season, has the door open for him to make a statement in his first season. He does. Well, I mean, you got the option of, I mean, 
this sounds well, well we'll we'll get there we'll get there but i mean there's a whole lot of things that could happen all right so let's jump here so we got um Oregon plays Iowa State mm-hmm. um Oregon obviously uh Kind of got to buy into the Pac-12 game there. Whatever, whenever uh, teams dropped out due to COVID, they win the Pac-12 title game, so they get the New Year's, they get the the Big Six bowl bid here. They play Iowa State. Um, I mean, let's just let's just say it. Iowa State, incredible season. I mean, oh, yeah. that coach has them dudes playing. They 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 those seniors go out as the he said it in the uh, post game interview. They are the best team in Iowa State history. Oh yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's a sure. big deal, and it's all thanks to that coach. Um, just absolute grit, drive, uh, massive amounts of integrity, and he really he handled those kids as athletes, but as men. And you can tell that he he understands that, and his system that he has implemented there has completely taken hold. They yeah. now will be able to recruit a little better than what they have been because Iowa State's kind of been out on an island out there in Ames and uh, and daggum. I mean, Oregon Oregon didn't look bad. The uniforms that they were wearing looked pretty good. They had oh, the yeah. yellow helmets. I, I always dig those. But as far as playing, but as far as playing <laughs> you know, down year for them. Yeah. What do they finish at like five? What do they Four finish? Four and three. Four and three. Uh, Iowa State has the probably the best season in their history. Yeah. Finishes at nine and three. You know, goes to a Big 12 title game and plays a team that they already beat once. Very tough to beat a team twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, hats off to them. Any thoughts there? I mean, you know, overall, Oregon obviously very underwhelming overall. I mean, just didn't do – Anything that we expect Oregon to, to do at the beginning of the season, they were kind of a, a shoe-in to win the Pac-12, and which they did win the Pac-12 championship ultimately. But all in all, you know, just didn't do very well. Brock Purdy come off a bad game against Oklahoma in that uh, in that uh, Big 12 championship game. But yeah. played didn't play great by any means, but he played very consistently, didn't have to win this game. So, yeah. Hey, he was like offensive off. player of the game. He was. I mean, hats off to Iowa State. I mean, you know, you did what you did and got, you got your bowl game in. Great season. Balled out. All right, quick one here. Because these two these two back to back games, I think these are very interesting. Yeah, these are the these. It's okay. We got to throw this out there, right? This is the disclaimer. Bowl season is tough because you know we question motivations and we question all that. Okay, opt outs a right, lot too. Right, especially that. Okay, but let's just call a spade a spade here. Ole Miss goes out, which. What, what do we call an Ole Miss? Out of the 14 teams in the SEC, are they 10th best, 11th? I mean, they're, they're, nine, they're bottom 10. So, I mean, they're 10 to 14. Easy. Right, okay. They beat the second best team in the Big Ten in Indiana. Oh, yeah. Let's, now, let's, let's just call a spade a spade here. Penix Jr. tears his ACL. They pretty much got a kid making as either second or third start ever. I don't think they've played since that Wisconsin game, but I could be wrong. I think you're right, actually. Because I, because I, be- I think right, you're right because of opt out because of coronavirus, I don't think they're able to play. So that kid's making his pretty much second start ever. So that's that's I completely understand that. But hey, you know, call it what it is. Ole Miss goes out there. Lane Kiffin's got them kids playing well. Matt oh, yeah. Corral actually had a really really good he game. Did. He they did. put Miles Plumley in at wide receiver for the first time in his life, and he has he almost had a hundred yards receiving. Especially they put together that last drive. He catches three straight balls to put him down there on the ten, and then they end up scoring the final touchdown. They missed the extra point, but it literally didn't matter. I mean, hats off to Lane Kiffin, man. What yeah. a season! You only you finish five and five, but that's a big statement. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, Lane Kiffin is a great coach, I think. Has had some, yeah, for what I'm going to call character issues in the past with certain teams. But, 
Other than that, I think he's a great offensive play caller. I think he's a great coach. I mean, honestly, gave Alabama a run for their money early on, and we didn't even know that they were even going to have a shot at that game. So, Fact. comes in here, beats what would easily be considered the second best team in the Big Ten this year. And I mean, easily. yeah. So, five and five doesn't look super great on paper, but for everything Ole Miss had to come back from from last year and everything Lane's given done has done this year. I'd say it's the end to a great, to a pretty good season. At for the you. end of the day, it's a massive recruiting tool. He had it on his shirt. Hashtag come to the sip. I kind of dig it. All yep. right, so kind of got to speed through these here. Another game, very very similar, Kentucky versus North Carolina State. Kentucky comes in at four and six, and and ultimately pulls off the victory, twenty three twenty one. Beats NC State, a pretty good ACC yep. team. What are your thoughts there? I mean, hey, anytime Kentucky beats a top twenty five team. You got you to feel kind of good about it, you know what I mean? I mean, granted, it's NC State, probably not the best. Uh, obviously, Hockman, NC State's quarterback, had a rough game, three picks. But, I mean, Oof. hey, all in all, it's a big big win for Stoops' uh, Wildcats out there, 23-21. Again, just a massive recruiting tool. And it just makes the SEC look that much better. I think everybody would say this was a down year in the SEC because it probably oh, yeah, was sure. on paper, factually. For sure. But then you look at these bowl games and you got these bottom-tier SEC teams beating up on these – what you would, I mean, you consider uh, North Carolina State either a middle of the road or, I mean, the ACC is very I'd say, weak. I'd say upper middle class. Yeah, that's that's where I would put them to. And then obviously the Ole Miss win over the, the, the clear second best team who almost beat Ohio State, who is now playing in the national right. title oh, game. Yeah. So, I mean, those are very big deals. Let's talk about Texas. Texas, Colorado, um, Dagum, uh, I'm blanking, quarterback. For Texas? Yeah. Ellinger. Okay, thank you. Sam Ellinger. <laughs> hey, brain fart. Sam Ellinger comes in. We think this is going to be his last game at UT ever. He's lived his whole life only wanting to play quarterback for UT. They're playing Colorado. We both picked Texas. He injures the shoulder in like the second drive of the game. Yep. Goes out. They bring in the backup. I'm sure you got his name. Thompson. Thompson. Casey Kid Thompson. Casey Thompson, the backup for UT comes into this football game and if, if you were if you miss this one I hate it for you absolutely lights it up I'm sitting there when they're showing Shane Bouchel when they're saying he's not coming back in the game I'm sitting here going dang you're the you're right now on Todd McShay's big board he's number 12 for quarterbacks in yeah. terms of draft that's like fourth or fifth round right I'm like oh you come back next year Come back, increase your draft stock, get a little bit more money, look good, have a good season. Then this kid comes up and lights him up like a Christmas Throw tree. Throw some dimes. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know if I would come back. I don't know if you'll have your job. Don't get me wrong. That's a conversation for another day. But hats off to Thompson. Dude, you came in. You played lights out. Texas gets the win, 55-23. Not a lot of storylines here. No. Not really a game that mattered. Um, Tom Herman goes out with a win. <laughs> and, yeah, out with the big emphasis on out. Yeah, he did. And I will say, we're going to talk about this in a second probably, but, I mean, if you are Sam Elliott, you got to think, you got a new head coach coming in, you may you not sure want to stay. Do. That's a good point, too. But I just wanted to make sure that kid gets his credit from me because when, when that dude came in, he did not flinch. Absolute. I think he threw like three or four touchdown passes. He was throwing freaking dimes out there. He was spinning oh, yeah. the bean. Shout-outs to him. Well done on Texas. All right, let's – Go to another big game that happened the same day. Yeah. Okay. This what, is what are we talking oh, about. What are we talking this, about? This we could talk. We could have a whole podcast on this game. So Florida, the other sore spot for the SEC. Your plays, future Heisman versus your should have maybe been a Heisman. Yeah, possibly there. Oklahoma, <laughs> Florida. 
55 to 20. Oklahoma absolutely comes out, and let's call it what it is. He, they molly whopped them. They beat it the brakes off of them. Let's be honest, too. Florida, Break zero, zero motivation this game. They thought they deserved a spot, which, granted, by the way they played Alabama, if they didn't have three losses, I would agree. They definitely deserved a spot. But they ultimately had three losses. Florida had tons of opt-outs, Pitts and Tony. Their top four wide receivers. Yeah, their top four wide receivers. But Kyle Trask, two biggest targets, which is out. Correct. Kyle Trask had an awful game with three picks. They wound up taking him out and putting Emory Jones in some. I think they put him back in, what was it, third quarter, roughly? Something third, like fourth that. quarter. But, but then after that, they, yeah. they brought him in. I mean, in ultimately, Spencer Rattler had a great game. Facts. Oklahoma itself had a great game, and Oklahoma runs away with this one. Yeah, so, I mean, the conversation here has – okay, so let's just call this out front, okay? Oklahoma, well done. You came out and you did oh, exactly what you, what you were supposed to do and what you planned on doing. Would it tick me off if I'm an Oklahoma fan – and I hear all these SEC and Florida fans saying Florida didn't care. They, basically, everything you just said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would that make me mad? Yes. But let me tell you, okay? Let's this be is, realistic. Let's, let's be realistic. I want, you just, I want you to curl up in a ball if you need to. Hug your pillow real quick so we hit you with some facts. They didn't want to be there. They no, didn't care. They did not. Their, their best players are, are, are not there. They, like you said, they should have been. They, they felt like they should have been playing for a playoff. In, their, in the playoff or for a natty. Right. And they didn't get that. Nope. Oklahoma winning this game was everything to them. Oh, yeah. Florida winning this game, they didn't care at all. Oh, don't yeah. get me wrong. Nobody likes to lose. So when nobody. I say they don't care at all, that's not factual. I, I mean, they're out there playing. You're competing. Oh, yeah. But let me be honest. Emotion and the competitive drive, will, and spirit that you bring to the game of football, that's that's got to be 80% of the battle right oh, there. Yeah, Would you 100%, agree? 100%. And let's be honest. Florida just didn't have it. Like we said, they didn't care. So hats off to Oklahoma. Spencer yep. Rattler. Lincoln Riley's definitely got that team on the rise. I think next year they will be one to look at. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, let's be honest. We thought this year coming in they'd be one to look at. You lose to Kansas State early on. Then you you drop another game to Iowa State. That's kind yep. of a tough season there. You ultimately avenge the loss to, uh, to Iowa State in the Big 12 title game. But, uh, yeah, and so one team on the rise, and I think Florida takes a massive drop next year. Oh, 100%. I mean, especially if Dan Mullen does leave for the NFL like it's being talked about right oh, now. Oh, gosh. I that team imagine. is going to tank now. I mean, you're talking about like – Possibly going from top of the East to middle lower half of the yeah. East. And barely, you, you barely got top of the East. If we'd have gotten to play Vanderbilt, we'd have shared it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So let's all right, let's bounce to another game here. Um uh it came it came after the uh, playoff games, but it was a big one. A and M North Carolina. You pick A and M, I pick North yep. Carolina. A big game here for Mac Brown. Jimbo Fisher and the guys from Texas A&M 100% believe that they should have been in the playoff. Oh, yeah. And let me just give – okay, you can't see me right now, but I'm literally tipping my cap to Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. You were Georgia the year that they played Texas. 100% felt like you should have been in, and you probably should have. And you didn't make it, and you're playing a team that has everything to prove. You don't want to be there. You don't care. And you played your butt off. Yep. That was a hard-nosed, tough game. Oh, yeah. The final score ended up being 41-27, but don't let that fool you. This was a 27 – this was a tied football game in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. And North Carolina, you played your butt off. Sam Howell, great quarterback over there. He was throwing some dimes. 
be interesting to see what he does. Definitely mm-hmm. could have an NFL career. You know, he, he's got some work to do. Mac Brown's got North Carolina playing at a very high level. Give him a couple more years of crouton. That's oh, going to yeah. be a really good football team in the yep. ACC. But the storyline here has to be A&M. Absolutely fantastic job. Great season. You finish 9-1 and one with your only loss being to the p- probable national championship team. Yep. I mean, daggum, ball out. Well done. I mean, let's be honest here. I don't think anybody would argue that A&M is clearly the better team of these two. But, I mean, it came down to would A&M actually play this game because, I mean, obviously Florida didn't play their game well against Oklahoma. We saw what happened. A&M could have went the same path. They did not. Sam Howell, wonderful game. Um, had four touchdowns, 234 yards passing. Only one interception. Can't really beat that. Kellen Mond played a, you know, I mean, he played a Kellen Mond game. He didn't he didn't break any records by any means, but he played a good, consistent football game. Hey, that's what you need. You need yeah, a game manager, it. and that's what the kid did. Yeah. And listen, we, we talk on this podcast. We throw a lot of opinions around. That's kind of what we do here. I got to eat crow. I said, hey, they had some Twitter fingers, just like Georgia did before we played Texas. Literally, the night before, they watched the team who took their place go get Molly walked by Alabama. And they're yeah. saying, that should have been my spot. And instead of coming out flat and unmotivated, they came out and they imagined that North Carolina was their playoff opponent, and they ended up freaking beating them. They didn't yep. beat the brakes off of them, but they played excellent football versus a really good North Carolina team. They did. Absolute respect so. to probably that, – that's got to probably be one of the better seasons in Texas A&M history as well. Uh, yeah, Jimbo, if you're listening to this, uh, get ready to try to do it again next year yep. because the door is open the for door, you. The door is wide open. So, All right, so let's uh, – now I guess we got we to gotta talk about th- – there was two playoff games, yeah. I think. Was there? I think there was like one, if we're being honest. There was, well, well, barely, barely one, maybe a half of one. That's true. So let's start there. Uh, so Bama, Notre Dame. Okay, the final score is thirty-one to fourteen. They they score a touchdown with about a minute thirty seconds left. So don't let that fool you. They score yeah. a touchdown in garbage time versus some water boys from 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 Alabama. Um, it, it was exactly what we expected. I'll let you take this one off start. I mean, let's be honest. We said I think I said twenty-four points originally. It was still a three-score difference. Alabama just absolutely destroyed Notre Dame. It honestly was not as bad as the twenty-twelve game, which I thought it would be. But I mean, I think that. Might have had to do with, you know, maybe Nick Saban found a heart or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, Mac Jones, another Heisman performance for him. Devontae Smith, another Heisman performance for him. This game. Yes, it was. You know, it was like. Man, he's freaky yes, good, dude. they are both oh good. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, you got Najee Harris sitting back there that you can hand the rock off to. Anyway, little, little hurdle, Air Jordan action. hurdle. To, I wish I wanted him to score so bad. I was freaking Shades trying to Shades of no Sean Marino out here. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, so. Yeah, you got the uh, you got like the I don't know what the proper like the Publix brand hurdle with Najee Harris, and then you had <laughs> yeah. another one that was maybe yeah. like the Walmart brand with uh, uh, Trey Sermon yeah, in the Ohio that. State game. But yeah, obviously uh, Alabama. Hey, Trey Sermon still balled out. He did, <laughs> though. but Alabama obviously another dominating performance in a playoff game, and they are going to head to their I don't know what number national championship game with yeah, Nick Saban. Alabama ultimately looked dominant, but I think we have to we have to call it what it is again. I just don't think Notre. Dame was very good. Nope. I mean, we now see their best win was Clemson in uh, in double overtime. Yep. They then later get shellacked by Clemson. Yep. And then um, a North Carolina team who they did struggle against but ultimately beat. That's your best two wins. And then we then have to go, uh, you know, three hours later we see Clemson and Ohio State play, which we'll obviously we'll get to next. Yep. And then you're kind of going, was Clemson actually that good? 
Yeah. I mean, it's a question yeah. you have to talk about because even even their best win turned out to be Notre Dame. I mean, who did they play? You know that yeah, they beat Georgia yeah. Tech by eighty nine points, but you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a conversation we'll have to get to. But here's one thing I kind of okay. Brian Kelly said it in his postgame interview. He said, if you're tired of seeing us here, we're sorry. We're just going to keep winning. We're just going to keep doing what we do, and we'll be here again. And that's probably true. Your prior records do not indicate where you should end up in the future in terms of college football. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. I do want to run this down. These are like the last eight games that Notre Dame has played in the New Year's Six Bowl game in the oh, BCS gosh. and playoff era. Let me just run this down. In 2000, they lose by Oregon State by 32 points. In 2005, they lose to Ohio State by 14. In 06, they lose to LSU by 27. Bama in 2012 by 28 points. We all remember that one. I think Alabama just scored again. 2015, Ohio State, they lost by 16. Clemson in 2018 by 27. And Bama this time by 17. And they honestly spotted you seven points because they gave you a touchdown, like I mentioned, in garbage time. Man, that's frustrating for college football fans. Well, They're tired of seeing. So, so what do you tell a college football fan who's tired of seeing Notre Dame there well, and they keep getting shellac? I think it's a two part story, right? I mean, there's no way you can say like, "Oh, Notre Dame just shouldn't be in anymore." Correct. By any you means. Are right. But at the same time, like Notre Dame, who are you playing? You know what I mean? Like, if, if let's just say you weren't in the ACC this year, you would have played who? USC. Um, I can't think of who all they yeah, I mean, play. Yeah, I mean, we don't have their schedule. But, but I mean, yes, like, yeah, true. They, 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 they beat everybody because they're just – they don't play anybody. And yeah. this year, your only good win was Clemson without their starting quarterback. Well, I'll, I'll, give them, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. This year, being in the ACC, they played better competition than they, than they oh, would have. true, 100%. And they did earn the sh- – they earned the right to be there. I'm right. not saying I would have put them in. I would have put Texas A&M over Notre Dame. Yeah. Especially hindsight's 2020 after I saw what happened. But – they, they they played Clemson twice. One they get shellac. The other one they played the backup quarterback and they barely win. Yeah, you give them credit. I mean, everybody going in thinks Clemson's the number two team in the country. Right, and Clemson still might be, but you get what I'm saying. Hindsight, but, you know, we're but talking about you know knowing the like, outcome of that football game. I feel like too, it's a lot harder of an explanation to make when there's only four teams in the playoff. And this may be a this may be a little you know plug for an expansion. But if there's eight teams and you put uh, Notre Dame in. That looks a lot better. Good point. Don't look near as bad. Yeah. Correct. So, I mean, you know, when you only have four teams and you know a team like this is going to get shellacked by Bama or Clemson. Them jokers got shamrocked. See they what did. I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> but it's just a lot harder to explain putting them in with only four teams. It is. It is. So, I mean, to, to Alabama, listen, absolutely dominant performance as always. I don't think anybody actually expected anything different. No. Maybe if you're an Irish fan, you go, oh, you know, you rub your lucky – charms or whatever and you go hopefully we get in there and we play well but they didn't um ian book it'll be interesting to see if this was his last game obviously with this being the covid year anybody and everybody can come back right um do definitely wants an nfl career but like i said you know we'll see um so let's bounce over now to a game we necessarily did not expect i did not, not think this was gonna happen at all so set it up what happened so obviously all um Clemson and Ohio State played in theirs. I thought originally that Clemson was going to run away with this one. That obviously went opposite, and Ohio State ran away with it, 49-28. to I want to say this right now. You know, everyone knows my feelings, I think, on Fields and Fromm. They know how I feel on that debate. Justin Fields played the absolute best game of his life. That I mean, Trey Sermon helped him out a lot, too. I said on our last show, you asked me what I thought Ohio State needed to do to beat Clemson. 
My main thing was Justin Fields had they to play a exactly balanced, complete game. That throw it late. even balanced. He no. balled out. Oh, yeah. That throw late down the middle to – I don't remember that wide receiver's name, but was an absolute rifle that wound up being a touchdown. Justin Fields played a great game. Ohio State just absolutely dominated this game from Clemson. It was, it was close to the first quarter. After that, not so much. So, yeah, great game. Trevor Lawrence still played good, too, but he did not play near good enough to win. So, so in this podcast, I think this is like our 10th episode, right? I feel like I've said some pretty controversial things. I, oh. see, I see you grinning at me over there because <laughs> you know what's coming. I've said some controversial things, but I'm just going, I'm just going, again, just coming real close. I was right about a lot of it. Big 12 was completely out. Pac-12 was completely, you know, I've said some crazy things. Oh, man, this is a good one. I got I to gotta call what I see. Yeah. I've watched Ohio State play. I believe this was their this was their seventh game of the season. I believe they're seven and zero right now because they were five and zero. Then they went and played uh, in the Big Ten title. Now they're seven and zero. What I saw against Ohio against Clemson was an incredible, complete game, an absolute phenomenal game from Justin Fields. He looked like Superman. He takes the big hit. He's clearly hurt. He's clearly riveting in pain. He comes out, Superman performance, balls out, phenomenal. Uh, Alave, incredible receiver. They finally had him back from the, you know, they didn't have him in the Big Ten title game. And that's his number one go-to guy. Complete, I mean, just a dominating performance of Clemson. Oh, yeah. It was a fluke. It was. Based on what I can see, Based on the game, the seven games that I have in front of me, I have watched y'all play eight ball games or seven. Yeah, I just said it. Seven, and in one through six, you looked like a half team. Maybe it was maybe it was the twenty two players you had out in the Big Ten title game. Maybe it was coronavirus. Maybe you were playing down to your opponent. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ryan Day's a phenomenal coach. Justin Fields is a phenomenal quarterback. They got a phenomenal running back. They got great wide receivers. They got kids who play defense. But what I saw against Clemson was a fluke. I agree. Oh, and I'm let's not. Go. I, I want to preface this. I don't. I don't want to say fluke because I don't think I it do. was a fluke. What I want to say is, and you see this a lot, every team, I think, gets one ball-out game a year, and it's the game where just everything clicks, the wide receivers are, run, are right. meshing with the quarterback, running backs are finding Look holes. like world beaters. Yes. And Ohio State, you used your ball-out game on Clemson, and Alabama, you're going to need another one. Do I think you could put it together again, potentially? Do I think it's going to happen? No. Yes. So 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 I'll throw this out there. Listen, if Ohio State comes out and does this to Alabama, you will hear Connor Chandler get on this podcast next week and say, I was wrong. I will eat as much crow as y'all put on my plate. <laughs> but as of right now, being an unbiased college football analyst, I look at the facts in front of me. We can do eye tests. We can do opinions. And everything tells me that Ohio State's game against Clemson was a fluke. You have looked nothing like that in any game you have played. And on the other side of that, again, we mentioned it, I have to now look at Clemson and go, were you that good? Yeah, that's a good I mean, question. They play Notre Dame, right? They beat the brakes off of them. And I'm, I'm sitting there in the room with you. I said, dude, they're, they're, they're great. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is throwing the football like he's, you know, chilling on a Sunday morning yeah. on the beach somewhere, oh, yeah. making it look easy. And you're like, dang, these kids are clearly headed. But maybe yeah. they weren't. Maybe they That's just true. didn't play a good team 
And when they did, they they didn't scrape by. Their North Carolina game was, I guess, dis- decently close. And that that first game against Notre Dame, yeah. you, you don't have Trevor Lawrence. I can't even hardly count that. But, I mean, you look at their best wins being North Carolina, who we would call a, an above-average team, Notre Dame, who I don't think is now very that good, no. and a Miami who just wasn't this that good this year. Right. I mean, maybe it was just the case of you didn't have great competition. You finally ran into somebody who, let's be honest, Clemson had an incredible – I mean, Ohio State had an incredible game. Oh, yeah. And you freak – I mean, daggum, you were bugged a windshield. Well, I did want to say this too, and I think with – Everything Ohio State heard since the playoffs got picked. Dabo Sweeney obviously came out. His coach's poll put him at 11. A lot of people saying they didn't deserve to be in there because of their games they played. They flexed hard. I'm talking about they just went in the gym, curled 100-pound dumbbells, and then flexed on the way out. They did not have bulletin board material. They had a freaking sign on the highway material. Yes. I mean, they had everything they needed, every piece of motivation – um, Tom Rinaldi, who, shout out to Tom, this was your last week of, of college football coverage for ESPN. Thank you for all the great memories. Uh, Saturdays won't be the same without you. He interviews Justin Fields after, and he goes, do you think this team is the 11th best team in the country? And Justin Fields, absolutely hats off, humble moment here. He goes, I don't even want to comment on that. I'm just looking forward to playing a, another game of football. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you ran your mouth. Ultimately, Clemson's got to eat a ton of crow. Uh but but it, until you do, and we'll talk about the play, uh, we'll talk about the national championship game coming up. But until you do that again, as of right now, listen. If you do something one out of ten times, it's a fluke, by definition, or call it whatever you want. But that's what it is. Yeah. And as of right now, that's what I see. If you disagree, that's fine. I'd love to hear some opinions. Drop them down in the comment section. But uh, you will get your chance. Yeah. You will get. I believe it's January tenth. Uh, you'll get your chance January tenth. To show, to, to, you know, do it again. Oh, yeah, true. So, uh, I just want to ask you a question real quick. What's that? How, how's, how's, how's the league looking? Oh, let's take a look around the league. <laughs> <laughs> we need a button we can hit and it'll play some music. All right, so we got the look around the league segment here. Uh, Heisman coming up this Ooh, Tuesday. I believe Heisman. it's this Tuesday. It is. Um, so, we, we're, we're, we got a meaty podcast here. So, we kind of got to run through some things here pretty quick. But here's what I want from you I want to hear who. You think will win the Heisman, okay? And who should win the Heisman? Okay. So you want me to start, or you want to go? You can go first. I'll, All right. I'll, I'll so, I'll, so I'll talk about it. First off, I want to say this: I believe Trevor Lawrence will will move on to the NFL. You know, he has every right to do that. He had an incredible uh, football career. It makes me, as a college football fan, kind of sad that he never got the Heisman. Yep. Don't get me wrong; you got to deserve it. You got, you know, you got to put together a complete season and stuff. But that kid, I think, if you know, will go down as one of the better college football players of all time, especially if he played four years. Um, and he never got the Heisman. He didn't deserve it this year. Don't get me wrong; right. he was in the conversation, and I think he's getting his. Uh, he got an invite to New York virtually. They're not actually yeah. going to New York. But uh, so with so with that being said, I believe Devontae Smith. Will win it, okay. And I believe he should win it, okay. I understand that uh, the the motives of the Heisman Award have been has been quarterback award and a winning award. Yeah, Alabama has a great quarterback. If Mac Jones won the Heisman, I would have no complaints. He he deserves it right there with him. But I think just needing to change the landscape of college football a little bit and how incredible he has played, especially in uh in wake of that serious injury that happened to, to Waddle. Yeah, to, to Jalen Waddle. Um, he stepped in. He filled that gap. 
Everybody who played him after Waddle got hurt said, listen, the key to beating Alabama is just cover Devontae Smith. Let's put four people on him. Guess what? It never worked. No. Nothing worked. It's a hard uh, task. Ohio State will be the next person to take a shot at it. So I believe Devontae Smith will win it, and I believe he should win it. Oh, yeah. Well, my opinion, if this award was going based off career, it's Trevor Lawrence all day. I think he's had the best career. Facts, yeah. However, this year, misses some games. He's just not in the running for me. Correct. Um, early, middle of the season, I said it was Kyle Trask. Granted, after the LSU game, Agreed. I'm going to cut Kyle Trask out completely. I don't think he's in it. You preach So, it. Alabama is going to bring home this Heisman Trophy. However, I believe it's Mac Jones is going to bring home the Heisman Trophy, and I do believe he deserves it. The reason I say this is because wide receiver, you get the ball when you're open. The quarterback touches the ball at all times. Correct. So, I think Mac Jones just has the biggest impact for Alabama in that regards. And ultimately, I think Mac Jones is going to bring home this trophy. Granted, if Devontae, just like you said, if Devontae were to win this, I would not be surprised. And honestly, I would not be disappointed at all. I think he deserves it as well. But as we all know, only one person can bring home the Heisman. And just my personal opinion, I think Mac Jones is going to be the one to do it. Okay, I mean, I can't, I can't fault you for that logic. I think that makes complete sense. I think it's literally <clears throat> two sides of the same coin. You either think, you know, Devontae Smith has to catch all those passes and then you say Mac Jones has to throw all those passes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I agree. One of the two will win. Yeah, both completely deserving. And uh, so whoever wins, hats off to them. And oh, exactly. We'll Absolutely. see what happens there. All right. So the next thing we got to look around the league for. Where I'm looking for him, but I can't find him. Where is Tom Herman at? Uh, probably at home sipping a beer or something. Because no, he bet, is definitely not. I bet uh, his phone's ringing. I bet his phone's ringing. Probably. No doubt. He's probably, probably doing some interviews. But uh, so UT comes out. The uh, the AD at, at Texas comes out well, like three weeks ago and says Tom Herman is our guy. We have evaluated this program. Tom Herman is our guy moving into 2021. They they absolutely shellac Colorado. Have a great game. Send out UT with a big bowl win. And what happens? News breaks. Tom Herman has been fired. He's been relieved of his duties. And uh, they hire Alabama offensive coordinator Steve, Steve Sarkeesian, who has not coached a game until like 20, since like 2014. Head coach of USC, he coaches two yeah. games, and then he gets relieved of his duties. So uh, very good. I think it's a very good hire for um, for Texas. Yeah. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, can, we've seen, he can develop a quarterback. That kid who's backing up. Uh, why am I blanking on the dude's name? Mac Jones? No, uh, Texas quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Oh, Sam Ellinger. Like, uh, second time. Se- the, the dude, it, it, you're either Yeah, you're either going to have Thompson or Sam Ellinger, and either one of those dudes under Steve Sarkeesian, who's kind of a quarterback guru, sounds like a very scary thing for the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really good hire. Be interesting to see. I really don't have any predictions on what Alabama will do at offensive coordinator. I think we've heard some names getting floated around the league. We have. You, you had a really good idea of Tom Herman replacing right. Steve Sarkeesian and going to Alabama. I don't think they should do that. I don't think Tom Herman's the best play caller in the world. I also think Gus would be hilarious, but that's just me. That would be. So what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, honestly, for Texas, this is a great hire. Obviously, I think Sark has done great at Alabama. I think he'll do great at Texas. Um, you know, Big 12 is notoriously a lack of defense conference. I think his offense can shred there. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what Tom Herman does. Does he go to Alabama? Does he go somewhere else? We don't know yet. It's going to be interesting to see who Alabama replaces. You know, Nick Saban has done an incredible job throughout his career in replacing coordinators he once really they leave has. because they leave all the time and for good reason. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Alabama's end. Obviously, with Texas's end, we got to see who Sarkeesian is going to get in there for his staff. But I think this is a great hire for Texas. I think 
hey, hook them, uh, hook them horns, maybe back. They might be, and I, and you raise a great point. That's that. My first thought wasn't the future of Texas. My first thought was the future of Alabama. You got a quarterback who will go to the to the. Well, we yeah. assume it. Mac Jones hadn't announced yet, but I'm pretty sure he'll go. So you'll have a brand new quarterback. Why was Alabama so good this year? It was offense. That offense and that offense was Steve Sarkeesian to a T. Now, don't get me wrong. You can bring some in there who can do a, as good a job or better. But it will be interesting to see brand new quarterback, brand new system. You, yep. you got it. Might not be a brand new system, but you get what I'm saying. 100 percent. Be interesting to see. The West could be pretty open next year. All right. So now let's let's get to probably our favorite segment. Dog talk. There's some dog talk. So UGA, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the legend of Pod Lesney starts. <laughs> replacing Hot Rod coming out, and I'm going to let you take this one. Run with it, wherever you want to go. From Hot Rod to Hot Pod. Hot Rod to Hot Pod. First of all, this is a close, contested game. Uh, like most bowl games, Cincinnati had everything to play for in this game. They got kind of, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. They got stiffed on the playoff run. They went undefeated in the group of five, best group of five team by far, come in playing in Georgia. Georgia is obviously, I mean, it's a New Year's Six Bowl, right? But, I mean, granted, what are we here for? We're playing Cincinnati, right? Um, a lot of defensive players opted out, a lot in the secondary especially. Aziz Ojolari, who we thought was going to opt out early in the week, winds up playing this game and made the biggest impact overall. JT Daniels looked a little shaky, especially on his long ball. I think I told you this, but to me it was like George was either trying to run or go deep. And toward the end there, they started doing a little in-between, and that kind of helped the offense a lot. George Pickens. Again. Oh, George. NFL receiver. I'm sorry. I love the dude. He's not going to be there for next year. There is no, no way. He's going to be a first-round draft pick easily. He will. Um, but he had an incredible game. Uh, thought he might have had a little a little fight trouble there at one point in time, but that was not on him yeah, at no, all. That ticked me off, too. <laughs> uh, maybe there was something that them cameras didn't show us. But uh, but what we're referencing here is at one point there's two offsetting unsportsmanlike penalties called on George Pickens and then somebody from Cincinnati. And they show the replay. And the dude throws a punch at George Pickens. Yep. Let me tell you, if you said Connor – $100, somebody throws a, pick, uh, a punch at George Pickens, what's he doing? I'd say, bro, he's taking him to the brick wall, yeah. the closest brick <laughs> to wall. To the woodshed. <laughs> and he didn't, he doesn't, oh, what he just we looked saw, at him. he just looked at him, yeah. and they called a penalty, and I hated yeah. that, because George obviously has a reputation for kind of being a knucklehead, yeah. but like I say, everybody but, deserves second chances, and hey, well done, George. I, I see you, bro, I see you. But the game came down to a very nerve-wracking ending, obviously. Fun one to three, watch. Three minutes left, Kirby got to fourth and three, I think it was fourth and three, it was fourth and short regardless. Decides to punt the ball, which with your defense, you have to think that we're going to stop him. But it's still a lot, not a whole lot of time on the on the clock there. Right. So, we stop them. Finally, they get one first down. We stop them on their second uh, first and ten. Incredible play there Incredible by Tyreek Stevenson. Yes. To, to, it was pretty much a blown coverage. Yeah. Tyreek takes off, close out speed, pretty much, you could almost say, saves the game for Jordan. Oh, yeah, 100%. Get the ball back. JT leads a, a fantastic drive downfield. They just drop it off to Kenny. Yep. Gets on the very edge of Podoleski's field goal range. Oh. I mean, honestly, it's outside of his longest field goal yet. Kicks a 53-yard field goal to win the game. We get a penalty. First, I think – I think uh, not, or not – okay, Nasek. Camarda does kickoffs, I believe. Yes. Kicks a beautiful line drive. Cincinnati does an awful job fielding it. They wind up on the two. 
Ojolari with the sack for the safety, and the game ends. 24-21. 24-21. Great Georgia win. Pretty much. I mean, you, you said it all. Cincinnati, hats off to you. You played a great game. You had everything to play for. Dogs showed up. Motivation could have been extremely low. I think you saw some shit. Well, let's be honest. Cincinnati's a passing team. The one place we were completely depleted because of injuries and opt-outs is our secondary. They were able to expose that. They did a pretty good job there. But ultimately, the dogs just showed a lot of grit, a lot of heart, just as Texas A&M did, and came out and got the win. To Jack Podlesny, bro, You, if I'm saying your name right there, I think I am, You're, you just started. Hot pod. Listen, you follow a long line of very famous Georgia kickers. Yep. Going all the way back to like Billy Bennett. Uh, what was the one who went to, I'm blanking on his name, he went to the Vikings. Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh, um, obviously. Morgan, the, uh, can't remember yeah, his name. Yeah, no, Marshall you're right. Morgan. Marshall Morgan. But none, none more famous than Rodrigo Blankenship. Oh, 100%. And you, you have the biggest pink shoe to fill. The yep. biggest one. And you come in and you begin your beginning now. Your legacy has started. Keep your head down. Stay humble. It Absolutely. looks like you're doing just that. Stay in your roots. The kid seems to be very much rooted in his faith. Well done there. Just absolutely awesome job. Yep. And uh, so now we kind of got to talk about these seniors. These oh, yeah. seniors have now, you know, most of them will move on. A couple of them have announced. Aziz comes out yep. and says he's declaring, which he wasn't a senior. But I want to I want to break down this senior one class. One love, Rich. One love. Uh, and I'll get there, trust me. <laughs> so the, the 2021 seniors will graduate and move on as a three-time SEC division champ, the 2017 SEC champ, 2018 Rose Bowl champ, a Sugar Bowl win in 2020 and a 2021 Peach Bowl win with a record of 4 and 0 versus Tennessee, 4 and 1 versus Auburn, 3 and 0 versus Georgia Tech would have been 4 and 0 if we could have got to play it one more time and 3 and 1 versus Florida for a 44 and 9 overall record. Georgia now holds also the longest active bowl streak with Virginia Tech. Yep. Uh, opting out. Absolutely incredible job. Kirby's this is Kirby's first class. Kirby's yeah, first recruiting is. class will now move on those who choose to and uh absolutely hats off. And now I kind of got to take I got to take a second. Rich will never hear this. But my first If you do. <laughs> yeah, if you do, bro. Um my first class ever at the University of Georgia was a leadership class. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's freezing cold. I walk in, I sit down, and this kid sits by me. And instantly he just starts talking to me. That was Richard the Cow. Like pretty cool I, as a as a as a Georgia fan, I'm like, "Holy crap, it's Richard the Cow." And he actually, like, we, we became friends. Like, we would see each other on campus. He would say, what's up? His heart and determination and the way he played the game, he was a massive deal in recruiting. He just loves the game. He loved having fun. He loved yep. the University of Georgia. Anybody who knows me knows I have a great I, – I, I love my Georgia memorabilia. My jerseys are very special. I want my jer- – the, the signed autographed jerseys that I have will – I, I – I try to keep it to a very exclusive, like, you know, David Pollock, David Green, you know, big-time players. Richard LeCount's number two jersey, as he begins doing autographs, will one day hang on my wall. I don't wall. blame you one bit. He's going to be a Georgia legend. He will be. Um, goes out, you know, incredible, incredible player, incredible yeah. kid. You know, I appreciate everything that the seniors did. But oh, yeah. Rich, me, me actually being friends with Richard LeCount right. and the amount of fun that he had and the memories yeah. that he brought to the University of Georgia will always hold a special oh, place absolutely. for this Georgia fan. So, 100%. shout out. And one thing I want to say, this is this is just off topic to the to the end of this. I shared this picture with you yesterday. Yeah, you did. I shared it on my Facebook. This is to all everyone playing Cincinnati next year. I just want to say, beware. 
Justin Harris, I believe is number four for Cincinnati, yeah, if I'm not four. wrong. Yep. That man went out on the field by himself as they were presenting the Peach Bowl trophy to us and just watched. Just calmly watched from the sidelines. That is not – if that's not competitive fire, I cannot tell you what is. That kid is going to be hungry next year, and that kid is going to want to bring to Cincinnati what was not able to be brought this year. So, I mean, hats off to that kid, though. That was a very respectable thing for me to watch, to see. Yeah, it was. Yeah, hats and, off. I mean, just like that. You know, I would just – if you're playing Cincinnati next year, I would just be aware of that kid 100%. I agree. So, now we sit back, and the next time Georgia takes the field, it'll be versus Clemson. Yeah. Who will be at quarterback? Who will be at running back? I have no idea. It's going to be a fun I have a, season it, it next It will. Season. So, dogs will begin their preparation now for the 2021 season. Take a short break. Come back ready to go. Actually hope they get a full spring and summer. They should. Everything seems to be somewhat going back to normal, yeah. especially for them. So, the uh, honestly should very much own the East next year. Easily should yeah, own the East, so. I, would, I would assume. So, uh, the future's bright. So, now we got a championship game we, we got to talk about. We do. I'll let you set us up here. So, yeah, we got uh, old Alabama. The team has been dominating um, pretty much all season. They're going to go in another undefeated season for Nick Saban. They're going to go into the championship uh, game undefeated anyway. Going up against Ohio State. Ohio State has looked very uh, lackluster for most of the season. Obviously had a great game against Clemson. Um, but, yeah, they will play in uh, Mercedes-Benz again? or where they, where No, they're, they're playing, playing in Hard Rock in Miami. Hard Rock. Oh, that's right. They're playing in Miami. That's right. They had the whole Miami Vice picture set up. I remember yep. that now. So yeah, it's gonna be a gonna be a game. And granted, this is this is gonna go one of two ways. My prediction: Bama and Ohio State are gonna do what Obama and Ohio State have been all season, and Bama's absolutely gonna walk the floor with them. Ohio State's gonna manage to muster up another big game like they did against Clemson, and this one's gonna be close. So I yeah. gotta I gotta put you on the spot. You gotta pick one. What happens? Bama. So what? So get so Bama's your pick. What's Bama's your score prediction? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the former pick of what I just said. I think Bama's going to wipe the floor with Ohio State in this game. I'm gonna say, I think so. I think Dang. so. Spicy. I think so. Dang. I'm going to say Bama wins this game 41-24. to 17-point 17 17 win for Bama. As crazy as that sounds, I have to agree. Everything tells – listen, uh, Clemson don't have a receiver that even comes close to Devontae Smith. No. And Jalen Waddle may be back. Yeah, that I know. I know they were talking about that. They said he might be doing a little more than running that practice. Could you imagine just to take a couple eyes off Devontae Smith? That's terrifying. Yeah. If Jalen Waddle, oh my gosh, yeah. Let's be honest. I called it what it what it was earlier. The, uh, Ohio State had an incredible game versus Clemson. I believe it was a fluke. I believe we will see a competitive game early on, unlike the Notre Dame game. I think I, I could see a, you know a 21-24 game at the half, something like that. But I'm right there with you. Give me Bama by 14 to 17. I think Alabama runs away with it. Alabama has it, it, this is one of the scariest Alabama yeah. teams because Alabama has historically been known for their defense. Nick Saban, something finally clicked with him, yeah. and he said, no, we can have a good defense, but the best defense is an incredible offense. And yeah. that's what they got. Steve Sarkeesian did a great job. He, I don't think he will have UT on his mind. I think he'll be fully committed to bringing them home one more ring before he departs for, for the good old state of Texas. 
and uh, I think Alabama yep. handles business. So, so give me Bama. But I'll go Bama by 14 just to be different. But yeah. if it's 17 or 21, I yep. wouldn't be surprised. Bama, Bama wins the natty, and Nick Saban rides off in the sunset and to retire. No, I'm just playing. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, know, you never know. know but you I, never I think know. he's going to be around for I a little bit longer. I think so. I think he will be there. Uh, so, man, what a, what a beefy, meaty show. It was. This it has was. honestly been such a fun season. We honestly started this podcast just to have some fun. We talk football yep. nonstop. Football is an incredible passion of both of ours, yep. especially college football, sports in general, life. I think as the season uh, – comes to an end we'll probably transition to talking about some other things we gotta figure out something else we'll have to i think people you know people who do listen i think they just enjoy hanging out with us listen we're just fans of sports we're we'll talk movies we'll talk video whatever y'all want to talk about we'll sit back and do it uh but uh, it's been a fun season to those who have listened and supported us we hats off we completely thank you for those who share the podcast like comment subscribe and we will have one more football show and we will we will we'll have to break the season down and we'll we'll go through everything kind of give it wrap it up put it in a bow and send it off into its way and wait for the 2021 season but for now where can they find you find me on instagram or twitter j harris underscore six on facebook jordan harris and then Monday through Thursday, I'll be in my living room working from home. There you go. You can find me at Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram, at Connor Chandler on Facebook and Twitter, or me sad after the be after the uh, national championship because no more college football. No more football that's till August. My, my favorite sport until August, which we play September fourth, so it'll yeah, be a while. A and then you can find us at Bash Brothers Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, or wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify wherever you choose to to do so. We appreciate the love and support, and uh, have a good national championship game. Let's hear some picks, some bold predictions, some hot takes, call us trash, whatever. But until then, we're the Bash Brothers, signing off. Yerp.